And tonight, I, um, I want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you. Uh, open faith. I want to challenge you. Let God change your story. Let God change your story. Matthew 4, verse 18 and 19. It says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. They were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you. All they had to do was follow. The making, that's God's. But we need to follow. God will make you. If you are willing and you follow God, God will make you. God has the ability to make you. They had found their profession. They, were set, they had settled. They were doing good. But if they had stayed in that profession, we won't be talking about them tonight. God plucked them from that profession, expanded their minds, and today we are talking about these two individuals. And until this earth vanishes away, as long as man lives on the earth, we will still be talking about these people. We're talking about Peter, whose shadow healed the sick. He was a fisher, he was a fisherman. He, he thought all he, he was created to do was to catch fish and to have a life. But God plucked him out of that and he followed and allowed God to make him. Peter didn't know he was being made to become giant Peter. But he followed and he believed the Lord and God made him. Now, God spoke to me while I was, we were, we were having a, I don't say this very much, because people are very flippant with God said, God said, God said, God said to, to change my shirt and wear a blue shirt and stuff like that. As if he didn't give you a brain. Your brain should tell you what shirt to wear. Why should God tell you what shirt to wear? What color of shirt to wear? And God talks to you. God is not, it's not talkative. Okay? But God, you have settled. Some of you have settled. You're settled. Things have been this way, but deep inside of you, you feel this is not quite what I expected of life. But you think, I can't do anything about it. Is that an age, profession, whatever it is, you have given up your dream. He's no longer there. 
You can't even think God can change it. But I'm here tonight to tell you, if your dream is to own your home, God can make that happen. Don't give up the dream. You wanted your own home. God can give you that. Don't let go of your dream. You know, you can see the patterns, the way God works. He won't let you, if you really follow him, he won't let you give up your dream. Abraham, he was nerdy. He was almost giving up his dream. God, from time to time, we reawaken that dream in him. God says, come, now look up to the sky. Right? Count the stars. What was God doing? Awakening the dream. Don't let go. God can make you. At 90, Abraham thought, it's over. There is no way. I'll settle with Ishmael. We got that. But God told him, well, I'm changing your name. Right? I'm changing your name. Your name is no longer going to be called Abraham. You'll be called father of many nations. One nation, that's, that would be uh, Ishmael. But God said, look, you are going to be father of nations. And from that day, God changed his name so that every time he tells you who he is, he's saying, I am father of many nations. But at that time, he had given up the dream. When God reminded him of Isaac, he said, he laughed. Remember? And God says, no, that's exactly what's going to happen. And Abraham stopped laughing and began to dream. And then God also went to Sarah. She had given up the dream. And God, it was a determined thing because the Lord appeared in in, uh, Genesis chapter 18. And God spoke so that Sarah would hear. And then when she laughed, he challenged her. You see? So that the dream can be awakened. Never give up your dream. Never give up what, if there's something inside of you that says, this is not what I expect out of life. I expected more. Never give it up. Because I believe God can make it happen. God can. If you will believe. Zechariah, he had given up his dream. Remember? He was now old. He had a dream of having a son when he was young. But it's never too late with God. Why did you think God spoke through an angel to him? Why? To reawaken the dream. Yes. To reawaken the dream. God could have done it without talking to him, right? No. But there's got to be the dream first in your heart. Not go. You don't have to tell everybody, but keep it in your heart between you and your God. Amen. And you have the Holy Spirit that will not let you rest. To let you know that dream cannot die. Age cannot kill the dream. Nothing can kill the dream. If you will let God be God in your life. And cry out to him in your closet. I don't feel good. About what's happening. I don't think this is. I don't feel settled. This is not what I expected out of life. God. 
God, what's going on? I really believe God will answer at soon, in his own time. But you never give up that dream. I think about Jacob. Jacob's life. Jacob means a supplanter. He's done all of that. And yet he wasn't satisfied. He received his father's blessings. But still he wasn't satisfied. And, and, and in Genesis, uh, uh, I believe uh, Genesis 31, God gave him a dream. God gave him a dream. How to transform his life. Abraham, uh, uh, Jacob said, I've worked all these years uh, for, your, for living. He changes my wages. I've worked. I got nothing to show for it. With the best Isaac's blessing. And then God gave him a dream. You can read. God showed him a dream about how he could get wealthy. And he said, God gave that because God saw what Laban was doing to me. God gave him that dream. And from that day, things began to change. But let me say this. When things get really tight, and it seems like you don't really feel that freedom, and it seems like you have been cornered, and sometimes I believe God corners you so that he can really reach you. God had to reach Jacob. And you remember Jacob, he tells us in the scripture, Jacob had to go back home. And now he had to face his brother. That had been a problem in his life. That was a huge problem in his life. He missed seeing his brother, but seeing his brother going back home where God had called him to be. That's the dream. But going back, that's disaster. His brother could take his life. And Jacob was very concerned about it. But that was his dream. And he thought, I'll bribe my brother. You remember the story? You can read this. I'll bribe my brother. I'll do everything. But then God met him, he says, when he was alone. He has separated himself from his wife. He was alone. And now a man, a man appeared and wrestled with him. You remember? You got to wrestle. Can you use the word, can you say the word prayer? Prayer. That's wrestling with God. He wrestled all night. He needed a blessing. And, and, and they wrestled and it was becoming day. And I think at that point, he realized there's something divine about this man I'm wrestling with. He was a child of Abraham. The one who is blessed is blessed by one who is greater, right? He finally realized, I'm not wrestling with just a man. There was no, he wasn't wrestling with Esau, with this man. And he said, it's it becoming daytime. You got to let me go. And he said, no, I won't let you go unless you bless me. He needed that blessing. You have to wrestle. He knew if he's blessed, something was going to change about his life. There was something deep inside Jacob that made him not to feel good about life. And he needed that resolved. I'm not sure if, if he understood what was going on. But he wasn't satisfied. And he said to, that injury, to the man he was wrestling with, I'm not going to let you go 
unless you bless me. And then what, what he did, God said, tell me your name. He says, well, that's who I am, a supplanter, Jacob. And I said, we're going to erase all of that. Amen? Now you are going to be called Israel. A prince with God. And you can read in the scripture from that time on. Even though he had trouble. Jacob was a righteous man. Settled. Because God changed him. Do you heard about prayer of Jabez? The prayer of Jabez. When Jabez was born, his mother really had trouble, pain. And Jabez means pain. And he noticed. That followed him. He caused pain. He didn't want to, but it just happened. It's like things happen to us. We find ourselves in a situation and it seems like there's nothing I can do about this. Yes, I'm serving God. I'm a child of Abraham. But my situation is different. Why is it everywhere I go, I cause pain? And he decided he needed that changed. But not only that. The pain was causing him not to be blessed as a child of Abraham. He was supposed to receive the same blessing as the other children of Israel. But that was not happening to him. And he knew something was wrong in his life. And so he tells us in the scripture, First uh, Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. It's now, it says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. That means he he was doing well. He was trying everything he could to be on the right side with God. And yet, pain. He was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. In other words, his name was pain. And so he cried out, he he called out to God, the God of Israel. He's saying, oh, that you will bless me indeed. In other words, he felt there was some kind of blessing. Right? But I want, I want to feel it. Let it knock me over. So everyone can recognize I'm blessed. Oh, that you will bless me. We'll stop. But bless me indeed. Where it is noticed. It's been, my life has been a life of pain. I need that changed. I've caused so much pain. Things are not well with me. I need that changed. We are serving the same God today. And that nothing is impossible with God. And if we cry out to God in the same manner. God can do this. Don't just read the scriptures and say, how nice. A man wrote a book on that and a lot of people bought all over the country. Because everyone wants to be blessed. 
But will everyone really take and wrestle with God on this? Just reading it, not believing it. Because if you don't believe, you won't act on it. But God is not a respecter of persons. And these things are written so we can know how God works, how he operates. Until he burns inside of you and you separate yourself and cry out to God where it is registered in heaven that this has occurred and nothing moves. But if you take the word and you believe because God wrote it down in scripture so you believe... And he said, because God is not a respecter of persons, I'm going to seek God's face just like Jabez did, just like Jacob did, and I'm expecting my situation to change. If that's your, in your heart and you can separate yourself, whether you need to fast, let God lead you, I guarantee you, with time, it'll change. Never give up. Never give up. With time, it will change. He says, he called on the, na- on the name of the God of Israel. Oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. I want to be influential. I want to reach others. I want people to look at me and say, that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. I want what God's done for them. I need this God. I want my territory enlarged. I just don't, I want you to bless me indeed. Not just for me. I want it to influence others as well. I want my territory enlarged. That your hand will be with me. And that you will keep me from evil. You see his heart. I don't want to do wrong. I don't want to do wrong. That I may not cause pain. I don't want to hurt anybody. I want my territory enlarged for help. To make sure that they don't feel pain. And I don't cause them pain. I want to reach out to them. So far, I've been hurting people. I don't want to do that anymore. I want you to enlarge my territory. And what does it say? So God granted him. God granted him what he requested for. And God is the same today. And that scripture was written according to Paul... They were written for our example to let us know that's the way God works. It's called the ways of the Lord. This is one of the ways. But somebody has to take this and believe it and say, well, if God did it, I'm going to seek God's face. And believe me, it's never too late. If there is a delay in my mind, I've always, I've often said this, there is a purpose. We talked about that. If there is a delay, there is a purpose. If God had granted Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, the prayer, I'm not saying, you live. That will happen on this earth before you pass on or Jesus comes. Just don't give it up. It will happen. If God had granted that, then John the Baptist would have been born in a different time from Jesus. And now he was born at the right time, the fullness of time. God had to reawaken, but he heard him. He heard his cry, the same kind of cry that Jabez cried to him. God heard him way back then. 
But God has a purpose. For he walks according, makes all things good. All things work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. His purpose, now John the Baptist was born, a forerunner for the Lord, and Jesus said, no greater man has ever lived than John. Zachariah is not known. He's usually known by his son's name, John the Baptist. So God can answer. God can change the situation. <coughs> oh, oh, that was. <laughs> it's not the anointing, okay? <coughs> I had a man. Sometimes, what God will use to bless you, you already have. Is already with you. But God can change the story of your life by what he's already given to you. There was a woman, a widow, in Second Kings, and I'm going to read this, uh, chapter 4. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Saying, your servant, my husband, is, in, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. So this was a godly man. Her husband was a, a godly man. But also a prophet. And the creditor, he's coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. A, a, pastor's, son, a pastor's sons become slaves. You have to ask. Amen? You have to ask. So it says in verse 2, Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in your, in the house? What do you have in the house? Let me tell you what the house is. You know what the house is? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That woman said, we got some oil. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And you got some oil inside of you. Amen? You got some oil inside of you. What will transform your life when you cry out to God, like she's crying out to the prophet of God, when you cry out to God, God now takes what's in you and releases the blessing. He releases the blessing. You already are anointed for success. Amen. The oil is in you. He says, what do you have in the house? And she said, your, your maid servant have nothing in the house but a jar of oil. You see, that jar of oil has been there all along. But has no, had never been activated. <laughs> because there was no revelation. The servant of God gave her a, the value of the oil, the little oil she had in her home. We need revelation from God. 
That's why we cry out to him. Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. She thought she had nothing. We're poor. We don't have anything. All we got is just a jar of oil. God says, that's good enough. He said, well, I can't do these things. I don't have much education. God says, that's good enough. You got the Holy Spirit. You got God. It's good enough. If the dream is in your heart, don't let it die. You cry out to God. And God can make it happen. Otherwise, I like, I like to say this. If we can't believe God for, to transform things, why are we in church then? Why are we sitting in church just listening to these words? Is that nice? That was really nice. It was a good sermon. But it did nothing for you. No. It's there for a reason. And if we trust God, God can change the situation. I just have to believe God. That's all Jesus is saying. Call to me and now show you great and mighty things that you do not know. This woman went back and says, bring empty vessels. You got all. Bring empty vessels. And, and she took, and you can read the scripture, I don't want to go back there. But she brought her children and locked them behind the, the door. So that nobody can take them. No. You can't get my children. And the children were a part of the miracle. Those that were supposed to be sold out as slaves or taken as slaves, they were a part of the miracle. Why? They have oil in the house. There was oil in the house. And now, pour those, the oil in those empty vessels. That's what Jabez wanted. I want my territory expanded. I don't want to cause pain. I want to help people. I don't want to see tears. I want to see laughter, joy, empty vessels, pouring the oil that they had. But when you pour, there's still oil. Yeah. I feel glad. God can take these things. Otherwise, we're saying all these things that God doesn't do anymore. And we believe God doesn't do that anymore. God can't do So why am I, why is it in the book? Why is it in the book? Why is God still reminding us if God doesn't work miracles anymore? We like to go in our natural mind and we argue by what we really know. Well, I'm kind of getting tired of that. I'm kind of getting really tired of that. I've got to wait on God. There's a song that says the pain is in the waiting. Because that's when we give up. And we let these voices speak to us and tell us how impossible this. And you can't, how are you going to get that happen? 
And so we give up and we can't trust God anymore. But you see, empty vessels. When God blesses you, it's for you to pour the oil on empty vessels. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this is, that's what Jabez wanted. And that's what God did. He granted it to him. So she poured it into those vessels. And she went back to the prophet for more revelation. And she said, prophet says, sell that all, all the, every vessel. I mean, she was really into it. She was just pouring it, and it kept filling up. And she said, get me out of that one. She said, we don't have anything. We filled everything. And she went back to the prophet. Elisha said, sell everything. Pay the debt. And what's left? Leave off of it. The story of her life changed. Amen. No more in debt. God can pay your debt and so that you are not in debt. God can do it. He said, well, I don't have oil in my house. He got oil in you, the Holy Spirit. Pour it out. Pour it out to God. Amen. Touch people's lives. Love people. Embrace them. Help them. Make a sacrifice. Love people. See that you can't tolerate pain in people. You do whatever you could in your own power based on what God's given to you to release their pain. Put a joy, a, a, you know, smile on their face. And that's you and God will begin to do a work. That's what I believe. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how frustrating it's been. It may be wrongs in the family. There's no one in the family. Everyone is just like me. But I don't feel satisfied. I feel something is missing. Can God help me? And you cry out to God, God can help you. It's called a miracle. And God loves to deliver miracles to people. Because after he delivered miracles, they come back, just like we did tonight, praising God. And telling of what God has done. When we tell of what God has done, that's praising him. When we talk about what Satan is doing in our lives, that's praising the devil. I don't think you heard that. When you go out talking about all the pain that the devil is giving to you and how he's making life really bitter for you and your family, and then after you end up, you say, Praise his holy name. Whose holy name? God's holy name or the devil's holy name that you've been giving you all this trouble? When we speak of what God's done, that's giving praise to him. I like to talk more about those, and I'm quiet about what the devil is doing. Because he is a defeated fool. He doesn't have what it takes anymore. You know, if, if there is something, you feel good. Until you start thinking about this one thing. You know what I'm talking about? Everything seems to be going well. 
But once your mind roams and comes to this one thing, you go, I wish I didn't have that in my life. If that, I, w- I wish that was in there, I would have felt better. But there's nothing anybody can do about it. I just have to learn to live with it. No. You don't have to. You don't have to live with a but in your life. Everything's fine, but. There were people in the, in the Old Testament and in the New that had that in their lives. They would feel much better about life if that problem, whatever it is, can be taken care of. But he's been there. I've lived with it. It seems like I can never get away from it. He's there in my life. There's no breakthrough. I, I don't know what to do. I prayed and fasted. There's nothing to do. But I'm telling you tonight, if you will believe what the word says, and you begin to seek God and say, God, just like Jabez, I want your blessings upon my life. God's already granted it because it's in the word. On Sunday, I'm going to be talking about that. He's saying the word. It's not your battle. It's God's fight. And you win. You know, I read of people, and you can see, I can kind of imagine and thinking about these people's lives and how they were feeling. Now, we read scriptures and we forget that these were just humans like us. You read about Jephthah. Jephthah belonged to a family. Husband and wife. And in, the, in that time it was different. And he had a real serious pain in his life. He was noble just like Jabez. But there was a but in his life that made him not to be respected or accepted. No matter what he did. He was never good enough for those around him. That was Jabez's life. And he had nothing to do with it. He had absolutely nothing to do with it. And many times we have situations that occur to us, that occur in our lives. There's nothing you can do with it. It just came to you. And if it's a bot in your life, and there's nothing you can do. But I'm saying to you, God can change that and bring honor into your life. And that's exactly what he did for, for, for Jephthah. And you can read in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, he is mentioned in the hall of fame. When God mentioned his generals, this man who had a serious bot in his life, God mentions him in the New Testament. He had that situation where he was not accepted. No matter how well he did. He knew. And that was a pain for him. But God changed all of that. Let me read it to you. He says, now Jephthah, Judges chapter 11 verse 1. Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. He was a great man. He was a mighty man of valor. But he was the son of a harlot. That destroyed everything. No matter what he did, it wasn't good enough. And he recognized it. But then God handpicked him. They finally came to him. And finally, they accepted him. 
And he became a leader over his brothers kicked him out from the house. You can't be a part of our family. You bring shame to us. So they kicked him out. And even though he was a mighty man, he was not accepted because he was born through a harlot. That was painful to him. But you know, later he ruled over his brothers. His brothers were under him. We don't know the names of his brothers. But we know his name. That's what God can do. I believe he sought God. And you know, if you read his story, he actually needed God to do. He did some things that theologians said he was rash. (laughs) He went too far. But that's demonstrating how much he needed God in his life. To change his story. So God can change your story. You know, there's another man. His name is Naaman. You remember you heard Naaman? He was like that. Something he had nothing to do with. But God changed. God orchestrated this situation. It's an amazing thing. When I read the story of Naaman, I can see the love of God for people. He wasn't even a Jew. And God was walking with him. Outside. Why? He had a right heart before God. I'm sure he did all the idol worship stuff. But in his heart, there's got to be a God. And God was walking with him. Now, let me read. He says, now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, not Israel now, was a great and honorable man. He was a great and honorable man. In the eyes of his master... Because by him, guess what? The Lord had given victory to Syria. That means a Gentile man. He was doing very well. And the king honored him. Notice he says, he was an honorable man in the eyes of his master. Then you say, what about the people? Just his master, the master loved him because he brought victory, right? He was also a mighty man of valor, and then look at the word. But he was a leper. Whatever is leprous in your life tonight, may God curse it in Jesus' name. So that butt is taken out of your life and God will change your story. Tonight, God will change your story. I have a lot to do, but my time is going. But let me just remind you a few people in the scriptures. Just let's think through this. You know the story of Zacchaeus? He was wealthy. But you know, Zacchaeus had given up on God. He wasn't accepted by the Jewish religion. Because he was a tax collector and he was good at it. He loved his money but didn't care. I'm not accepted. I'm not going to work with God. They don't accept me. I'll just do my tax collecting and get wealthy. But then... He heard about Jesus and knew in his heart, I'm sure he wanted to be accepted. 
He had taken a different path. Then he heard about Jesus. And only one that is did no one accept me. He never dreamt that Jesus would acknowledge him because he was an outcast based on his profession. He was wealthy, but the Jews didn't care about him. And he knew it. So he lived with his money and everything. And so now he heard Jesus coming out from Jericho and he wanted to, just to see. Just to see Jesus. He just, he's heard so much. All he wanted just to feed his eyes on Jesus. That's the man. Jesus. He never felt Jesus will accept him. In his mind, that's too wicked. I heard the Jews. And so he climbed up because he was short. You know the story. He was short of stature. So he went up just to be able to see Jesus. And Jesus walked on. I'm sure his eyes fed on him. And he made a dream in his heart. I wish I can be with this rabbi. But you know, I'm too wicked. There's no way he'll, he'll want to be around me. And then Jesus called him by name. Amen. Jesus called him by name. They never met before. He knew this was the Messiah, Son of God. How could he know his name? And he said, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. The story of your life is about to change. Amen. The story of your life is about to change. And Jesus, I'm, I'm sure Zacchaeus was thinking, oh, let me shake his hand. No, Jesus said, I'm going to stay at your home today. Ah, the guy said, this is wonderful. I'm sure he never asked a question. He never said, you know, Jesus, I'm such a weak, I'm a tax collector. Do you know who you're coming to? He knew, he knew everything about him. And he was willing to stay with him. And there was great joy. In my house, I got the Son of God. That's the all we're talking about. That's the all that changes all things. He got him in his house. And he was able to provide food. He didn't care about the money and all of that. And then he started with the joy. He started speaking. My life's changed. And Jesus announced to everybody, look. He didn't say any sinner's prayer, all right? Jesus said salvation is coming to this home. Amen. Salvation. If we will only desire the change. His story, the story of his life. I don't know how long he lived with that pain that he was not accepted by his own people. And even his money didn't help him. But now, the king of heaven, he had him fully, full attention in his own home. How beautiful. If we will let God be God. I can see so many. You know the Bible says. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let a matter be established. I see the woman at the well differently. She was totally unaccepted. Nobody would speak to her. She was alone. A loner. A sinner. But Jesus sought her out. 
and gave her words and gave her dignity among her own people. He spent the time one to one. There was one few times in the scripture where Jesus actually made someone know his identity. Many times he says, don't let them know. I mean, the woman says, Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. When he comes, she knew about him. When he comes, he's going to tell us everything. How we can change, how to worship, and all of those things. I'm just waiting for Messiah. And Jesus said to her, you're looking at him. You're looking at him. At that point, nothing else mattered. The story of her life was changed with an encounter with God. Just one to one. Nobody was there. Just her and the master. Jabez and God. Jacob and the man to wrestle with. You and God. And the story of her life is changed. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me tonight? I got, I got to stop here. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't say, I can't. Yes, you can't. But God can. Don't settle. God can. And that's why we go to church. Because Jesus can. And tonight, I want you to focus on him and thank God for his word. Tell him you believe and your dream recall and bring to him and ask him to help you. When he gives you revelation, you believe. When God opens your eyes, you act. The woman didn't ask any question about the oil and the empty vessels. She went ahead and acted on the word. She had faith. Father, I just want to thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you live with us, in us, and among us. You are transforming our lives and our fellowship. Here at the Ark Fellowship, the Ark Praise Center, Lord God, you are transforming everything. And God, we give ourselves to you. Our Father in heaven, change the story of our lives. If there's any pain in in anyone, anywhere in our lives, oh God, in the name of Jesus, give us release, oh God, and help us to trust in you to make the necessary change so that the story of our life is changed. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.